0: Hello, 49ers fans and NFL fans everywhere. This is 49ers fangirl Tracy here with SoCali Steph, and Amy Trask, former CEO of the Raiders and current football analyst for CBS and CBS Sports. Welcome, Amy. Well,
1: thank you for having
0: me. Absolutely. Hey, Steph. Hi, how are you? I am
2: good. How are you? I'm excited about our guest today. Oh,
0: me too. This is the all-female power hour, and I am <laughs> so excited to have Amy on. It's a, it's a real honor for us.
1: Well, thank you for having me, but I think we should take a moment to understand that not only is this an hour, as you just described it, but <laughs> two of the three of us are California Golden Bears.
0: woo Go Bears! <laughs> and I'm going to give a Go Bears because my parents went there, but I would be remiss if I didn't throw out a Go Blue! Oh well, it's no. a it is. I am outnumbered. Outnumbered here. I'm outnumbered here, but that's okay. I can I can live with it. Cal's a pretty awesome place. Um well we are gonna start today with a topic that we have had to discuss ad nauseum, but um, it's still going on. So we're gonna start with our favorite quarterback, Colin Kaepernick. Um Still on the 49ers, he showed up to off-season workouts day, which I think was a very good move, and I'm not surprised. Um, but the trade rumors, though they apparently are now stagnant, are not dead. This has been going on for weeks now. Amy, what do you think about all this?
1: Well, you know, until something is ultimately done or not done, it will continue to be a story and it will swirl in the ether, and that will both. Harden some people and annoy some people, but the fact is the 49er organization is going to do whatever it believes in its best interest However, the 49er organization defines that the Bronco organization will do whatever it believes in its best interest However, it defines that and Colin Kaepernick will and I hope you know He really should do whatever he believes in his best interest However he defines that, and and we're going to watch this play out, and something will happen or it won't, and people will chew the cut on this until there's something dispositive done, but just as the teams are doing what they believe best in their interest, so too should the player.
0: Agreed.
2: Steph? 100% agree. I tend to be a little bit more on the player side, having, you know, had an opportunity to represent some players, and... I feel that you know I think every just as the organization has every right to do what's best for them so does the player and these you know they only have a very short career and some are shorter than others and I think that they should do or he should do whatever is in his best interest and and I'm proud of him for showing up and you know kind of sucking it up and showing you know that he can you know report to work and I, I think we will see what happens but I personally don't think he's leaving. I don't know if they can ever, you know, figure that out, but we will see. And um, it might end up be where, you know, he's with the 49ers one more year. But clearly we don't know yet.
0: (laughs) It is an ongoing saga. I tend to agree with Steph. I actually don't think at the end of the day he will be leaving. I think he'll be on the roster next year. Could be wishful thinking. Um, Anybody who listens to this show knows I'm a very big Kaepernick fan. Um, but we'll see. It's just ongoing forever.
1: And, Tracy, if I may, I would just add, um, every player is, you know, to state the obvious, entitled to decide what he believes best in any manner he wants. So some players may place a value um, on the contract and certainty and compensation. Other mm-hmm. players may place a higher value on on the organization for which he plays or the location in which he plays for family or personal reasons. or You know, it is not up to any of us. Um, it, it's not up to anyone to define for any other human being how he, or in some instances she, should define what is best for him or for her.
0: I'm really glad you said that, Amy. I
1: love that. That's
2: like 100%. I love that you said that, because nobody tends to get that. They think that once you've signed a contract, then you're, you know, and you are legally binded to that. But at the same time, people have choices, and they have every right to do what is best for them and their interests their family, and how they define that is different.
1: Well, and, and I'm certainly not suggesting that anyone who's contractually bound to a contract violate it or breach it, but the contract in the NFL, as you both full well know, give players certain rights and teams Mm -hmm. certain rights and you know teams exercise their rights all the time to move on from players certainly in my years from with the Raiders decisions like that were made so just as teams should act in their best interest so too should players and it's okay for a player you know I, I feel almost silly saying it's okay because that's really stating the obvious everyone should define what he or she thinks best and you know what Colin Kaepernick may have reasons for wanting to go to a different organization wanting to stay with the 49ers those may be economic those may be other um and you know what he gets to make that decision
0: a hundred percent to
1: the extent some of it's within his control there's been a lot of talk about should he take a pay cut well you know what that's his choice
0: right a hundred percent and he gets a lot of heat in the social media world um for making decisions that are best for him and i think it's unfair because the rest of us don't get that kind of heat in our daily life and football players shouldn't either. So I'm really, really glad you brought that up, Amy.
1: And I asked a question on Twitter this morning, which is, you know, raise your hand if you wouldn't have reported to a business when simply showing up is going to result in a payment to you. Um, You know, there's there's a lot in the ether about people saying you shouldn't show up. All right, that may be your view, but would you show up if that economic benefit were down to you?
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I'd also show up if I was being paid at a job, and that's still where I was, then I'd show up because I'm supposed to show up to work. And people look at it very differently, but it's not. It's his job. And that's what he's getting paid to do. And I I
2: agree to that to a certain extent, you know. But I think that he also had the option to forego a salary, so that was his choice. So... He yes. made the decision based on what he wanted to do. I know that there are certain things in my job where I get I get a choice whether I'd like to work a little bit extra for extra bon- bonuses or whatever. And, and sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, but it depends on my life, what I want to do.
1: And for I make sure. that choice. And it's and- your decision.
2: Yeah. And I I, so I respect that about and, and there's a lot of players that would not like to show up to the training camp and they like to train with their own. And they have that wherewithal. They get more benefit, you know, perhaps training elsewhere. But that's their choice. I mean, Frank Gore used to do that all the time. And a lot, of, a lot of players do that, actually. And they forego, you know, whatever that money or that monetary amount is because it's not worth it for them. And again, like we come back to it, it's their choice, it's their decisions. But it's like when we try to insert our decision-making into someone else's life, it's
0: just not fair. No, it's not. That's apparently what Twitter was invented for. But, um, <laughs> but no, it's not fair. Um, And I I think this is a really good discussion. I appreciate um, both of you talking about it because it's an important thing, not just with Colin Kaepernick, but as Amy said, with any player in any sport.
1: Any player, any sport, any decision, all walks of life, uh, people should have the freedom of of making their own decision. I will disagree with you only in one regard. I have taken to Twitter, not like a duck to water, but like a fish to water. I think... (laughs) I think Twitter, I swore I would never do it. I was convinced I would hate it, and I'm just loving me some Twitter.
0: And everybody should be following Amy on Twitter. Uh, Amy, it's at Amy Trask, correct? Correct. She is fantastic. And when you follow her, she refers to you as her Twitter village. And something about that always warms my heart every time you say it. Oh, no. You're I, great I really follow, I, I, have the most I love to hear Twitter you. Village. i love to see it. We you.
1: all, you know what, we agree, we disagree. When we disagree, we disagree agreeably. And we, my entire Twitter village, we've embraced civil discourse. And, and I just love Twitter. I, 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 I am constantly admonishing those near and dear to me that they did not push me to do this enough.
0: well you're a great follow so everyone should follow and well, thank you i also would like to tell both of you i've recently discovered snapchat which is <laughs> yeah,
1: i oh, love okay, it friends, friends, <laughs> wait a minute i just learned about like i just got onto twitter years and years later i know I, 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 i'm not ready to take that next step yet
0: Tracy. when you are you call me i will give you a tutorial it's thank so you. fun it's yeah. so fun <laughs> um, well moving on though I hate to because the snapchat thing's pretty fun uh, but, but moving on we are you know deep into free agency uh, the draft is a few weeks away Amy I'd love to hear your theory on when you have a team in a rebuild much like the 49ers building through the draft building through free agency a healthy mix I'd kind of love to hear your thoughts on on how you would do that
1: these two great words, Tracy: healthy mix. Um, teams have a lot of different tools in their proverbial tool belt. Why wouldn't you use all those tools? And to take the tool belt and the rebuild analogy and sort of meld them together, if you're looking to rebuild something, use every tool at your disposal. Um, there is a sort of a an axiom we hear all the time: build through the draft, build through the draft. And you know what? The draft is terrific, and drafting wisely and well is terrific. But why would you not embrace every tool available to you? And look at Denver. Denver did that spectacularly. And look, John Elway was at Stanford when I was at Cal. He was with the uh, with Denver, with, with the Broncos when I was with the Raiders. So, you know, saying the words Elway is, is sort of an err for me. <laughs> um, and I say that, with, you know, teasingly and with great respect and admiration for all he's done. I just didn't like him doing it against us so often, both at Cal and at, at the Raiders. But what he has done is spectacular. Look at that team last year. Um, the highest percentage of snaps from free agents of any Super Bowl team in the last decade, I think 10 or so of their starters, were picked up in free agency. Players like Demarcus Ware, Aqib Tlaib, TJ Ward, and oh, a guy named Peyton Manning. So, you know, I there is a tautology, um, an axiom built to the draft. And you know what? You do need to draft wisely. But why in the heck wouldn't you use every tool in your tool belt to atri- achieve the rebuild you just identified?
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. And so on that you know, on that topic, um, 49er fans have been a little frustrated at the lack of any free agency moves at the 49ers. Um, and I, I understand that I think they are building through the drafts, and I think the 49ers know next year they're not going to be a contender, so have chosen maybe not to spend the money this year on free agents. Um, do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Well, only this. It's very, very difficult to predict at the beginning of April how a team will or won't perform on the field the next fall, um, in the following regard, generally predictions are right. But every year there are those one or two teams that surprise the heck out of us and either do much better than expected or much worse than expected. So you know, to 49er fans, there there is a process going on there. The team lost. You know, a sensational, sensational coach, and then a multitude of players. But you know what? That's why you play the games every week because the winner and loser is not predetermined. Right.
0: That's true. Do you um, want to speak at all about a certain Cal player that is entering this year's draft, Amy?
1: Can't imagine (laughs) of whom you're speaking.
0: His Uh, name escapes me.
1: Yeah, right. you a quarterback?
0: Oh, right, yes, quarterback. Yes, I think he yes. wears the number 16.
1: Right. Very, very interesting. Um, there are some quarterbacks available in the draft, depending on um, the person to whom you listen. Some like Goff, some like Wentz, some like neither, some like both. Um, I, you know, obviously watched a lot of games in which Goff played, more so than games in which any other quarterback played. I don't purport to be a scout. Um <laughs> But I sure like
0: golf. Steph, do you want to talk a little about Jared Goff? Well,
1: like I,
2: I I felt like what you just said is something that I've been saying for a long time because I don't, you know, I I watch Pac-12 and I watch Cal games, and that's all I really do. And you know, here and there, I'll watch some other games, but I watched a lot of. I am a big fan of him. I'm not sure that he's a good fit for the 49ers. I think he's someone that's going to need another year. And that's okay if that's something that the 49ers are willing to do. And the the problem that I see with the 49ers is that they're just not – without harbaugh they're just not good at nurturing quarterbacks so i'm 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 a fan of golf i just think he'd have a better career someone else somewhere else and that's sad for me to say as a cal bear but i've just not seen he can't just step in and i think it would be unfair to him to just step in and sink or swim on this team especially with all of the problems and the brand new coaching staff and you know different Everything, I, I I just think he would be better somewhere else.
1: And unfortunately, it's not the day and age as it was, you know, a number of years ago, where teams draft a quarterback and simply say, "Sit here and learn." You know, look what happened with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, sitting behind Brett Favre, and other instances. You raise a great, great point, which is, will he be given the chance to develop? How fast will he develop? Um, If those are all really fair considerations, not just about boss, but about any quarterback.
0: Right. Absolutely. Um, So we've talked a little bit. There's been a lot of changes at the 49ers, um, but one that we haven't really talked about too much on this podcast and not yet on the show is they have a new president. Um, Parag Marath has been reassigned and Al Guido is the new 49ers president. Amy, do you think that changes the style at all of the organization or how things will be run?
1: That's a, that's a tremendous, tremendous question. Um, I don't know whether it will change the style of the organization or the manner in which it's run, because, of course, some of that won't simply come from the president, but it will come from ownership and it will come from the general manager. But the reason I think it's such a terrific question is those are two entirely different men, and I had the opportunity to interact um, and work on league matters with, with each of them while I was with Raiders, and, and they were with the 49ers, of course. These are men with two entirely different backgrounds in terms of, you know, points of emphasis, areas in which they specialize, their particular, you know, milieus and their areas of expertise. Um, It was also my impression that they had distinctly different styles and personalities. Doesn't mean one is better, one is worse. Doesn't mean one will be more effective, less effective. They are just entirely different men. but I don't, I don't know how that will be felt. You know, how is that going to permeate throughout the organization? I don't know. Um, and remember that an executive has a very important role, but at the end of the day, owners own an executive's work.
2: Right.
0: That's fair. Steph, what do you think? You've, you've written on Prague, so I'd love to know a little bit more of your thoughts on this. Me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Steph.
2: Uh, yeah I've written about him i have had friends that have worked with him too and you know I think what he brings to the table is very fascinating it's a, it's very different stuff i know he has really spearheaded the analytics department for the 49ers a lot of teams you know are coming into that uh, way of thinking because of what he's done on the 49ers but I think it's I think it's going to change in, in a little way, but I think that, like Amy said, I think that Jed York has a direction that he's driving the truck and he's just expecting everybody to tune that truck exactly how he wants it to be driven. So I I think that probably's still going to be a big part of the 49ers in a lot of ways, but he's just not going to have that um the, the face of the franchise so much is any more than he has in the past. I think that they wanted us to kind of put a new face on that.
0: And Amy, if, if you're comfortable, could you tell us a little bit about how the um, president and the GM interact, and how much of a, a relationship that is?
1: You know, in my experience, um, you know, almost 30 years in the league, and observing, um, not only observing, but interacting with executives and owners at all 32 teams, the answer is it's different in every organization. You know, all of my years with the Raiders, except for you know, the final year before I resigned, Al really was our GM. I, I remember a fan putting up a billboard saying, you know, Al, get a GM. And I sort of chuckled to myself and said, we have one. You know, his name's Al. So in that regard, um, other than the, the final year after he passed away and before I resigned, the owner was the individual with whom I interacted on such things. But in my discussions with team CEOs and presidents and general managers and owners of, of the 31 other clubs, every single team um, handles those issues very, very differently. There are teams which um, take, a, take the position that there should be a wall between football and business. I think that's just an absurd way to run any business. Um, in, in my view, the most successful businesses, football and otherwise, are the ones that take a collaborative, communicative approach to business. And by the way, um, during my years in the league, looking at the 49ers, I believe the 49ers did a tremendous, tremendous job of this, whereas other organizations discouraged football and business people from interacting. The 49ers did the opposite. And when you walk through the 49er offices, you could see you know, an accountant sitting next to a coach sitting next you know. And, and, and the San Diego Chargers do a sensational job at this as well. So, you know, I have my own preference and views as to how a business should run. All 32 of them are run differently. And, and again, owners own and, and employees work within the parameters established by those owners.
0: So, Amy, in your time working at the Raiders, did you have much of a chance to work with Trent Bulky? And do you have any thoughts on him and his style?
1: You know, I didn't work with Trent, um... Enough to weigh in on what his business style is. My interactions with Trent were always very, very professional and very, very pleasant. Um, you know, I guess that's sort of stating the obvious to say they were professional. I wasn't, you know, I'm simply saying, you know, we, we comported ourselves in a professional manner. They were pleasant relationships. Um, but I, I really can't weigh in on his style because. I neither worked for nor with him, and we only interacted at, at league meetings and, and things, you know, perhaps on the sideline before a game.
0: That's true. I've spent a little bit of time with Trent, not a lot, but a little bit, and I feel the same. He's very professional. I think he cares deeply about his job. He cares about the 49ers. Sometimes I feel a need to um, defend him to fans because he gets a lot of flack, and He has not always obviously done anything perfectly as none of us have, but I don't think any of the missteps were an intention for malice. Um, So I was just kind of curious as to your thoughts. And Steph, we haven't talked about this a ton. What are your thoughts on Trent?
2: I like Trent. I think he's done a good job in a lot of ways. Um, I think he, you know, he definitely... They call him like the, the draft ninja and I think he definitely looks for the deals. He I've never seen anybody get as many picks as he's able to wheel and deal, and that's part of his job. Whether or not he's been successful on those picks is a, is an entirely different story. But I think that um, you know, he's had some hit and misses and that's what you're going to have. I mean, if everybody had that crystal ball, I mean they would use it. And that, clearly he thinks that, you know, he's making the best pick and it's tough when you you make a wrong pick or you make a bad decision. But I think overall, I think he um, has done a good job with the 49ers. He's been there so long, even as a scout before he became the, you know, jam But like, I think about him this year, I think it's going to be a make or break year for him. I think he's going to have to come up really strong in this draft. Just for what the 49ers have gone through. I mean, they basically, Jed, you know, sided with Trent over a fantastic coach, and now we're seeing the results of that. So I think that he's going to have to have a very good year um, from that standpoint, from a player standpoint, and get some real playmakers on the team.
0: And you bring up a really good point about having a crystal ball, and Amy, you've talked about this on Twitter. The draft is not an exact science, and I'd like you to... You
1: know, I probably talk about it um, from the perspective of some people ad nauseum. <laughs> but I, 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 it is a um, a little bit of a hot point with me because the, the draft is not a science. Um, people make judgment calls. Look, if there was a Rosetta Stone or there was an Enigma code that helped teams decipher the draft, then there would never be draft errors. That doesn't mean one shouldn't do one's homework. That doesn't mean one shouldn't do um, one's research. But, you know... There are draft mistakes, and there, by the way, there's good mistakes and bad mistakes. Mm-hmm. There's draft picks that are made that don't pan out as hoped or believed. We certainly had some of those during my years with the Raiders. There's also draft picks that you know people look at and say, wow, that turned out better than anybody anticipated. So you know, I think if you approach the draft understanding it's not a science, it's a little bit of a different um, approach than some
0: people take. I think that's an important thing for fans to understand. And I don't think you could say it ad nauseum. I think it's an important point that should be brought up over and over again. Um, Another change in the 49ers uh, organization that probably doesn't get talked about as much, but I know, Amy, you've been excited about this. They have a new general counsel that you are a big fan of.
1: Well, I am a big fan of Hannah Gordon. And um, Hannah and and I, I... I've tweeted about this, and I hope it doesn't embarrass her when I gush about her. She was a she was an intern for the Oakland Raiders, uh-huh. and so my first interaction with Hannah um, was during her internship, and I sound a little bit like a mother hen, and it probably is chronologically um, not only possible but realistic that I could be her mother, but that <laughs> frightens me. So I'm just going to back off of that. <laughs> Look, I began my career as an unpaid intern. Hannah began her career as an unpaid intern, she, she was just so sensational in terms of her commitment, her work ethic, her work product, um, every success she has achieved, she has achieved um, by virtue of her hard work, her intellect, her commitment and her passion for what she does, and I could not be more elated with her success.
0: Fantastic. Well, you know what? I, that's nice to hear. It's nice to hear when your organization is making good hires all over the place.
1: And hires for the right reasons. You know, Hannah, I, I've, just, I've always loved, no matter the human being, when the right people are hired for the right reason, and, and she was, and, and I just think that's terrific, and I wish, wish her all the very, very best at, at, at her current, in her current role and whatever her future may be.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's good to hear. So um, this has been awesome, Amy. I want to end with um, a question about if you can think of one, your favorite Al Davis memory, anecdote, or maybe something you learned from him. Oh wow!
1: Um, you know, I'm asked periodically to share a favorite memory, and I almost, um, you know, I almost feel that picking a favorite memory would be tantamount to picking a favorite child. And I stay away from doing it for that reason. I have almost 30 years, if I you know include my internship and then my time from when I joined the organization on a full-time basis until I left. That's almost 30 years of, of memories. And it, so many are sensational, sensational memories. Um, I do share a lot of them in the book that I'm working on, but I, I would hate to pick a favorite one. Did I learn from now? I learned so much from Al, and by the way, that doesn't mean I always agreed with him. We argued like cats and dogs. We fought <laughs> fiercely. We fought regularly. We fought childishly. Um, we didn't always agree to disagree agreeably sometimes we were quite disagreeable with one another with language I won't use on your podcast
0: Um, (laughs) it's a family show
1: I I don't want to identify a favorite memory and I I learned a lot Um, I will say this and maybe this is a way to sum up I grew up on the job I made a lot of mistakes while I did and I learned a lot while I did and he allowed me to grow up as a raider and I'm actually getting a little choked up as I'm sharing this with you, because as much as we um, wanted to strangle one another on occasion, and um, well, okay, here is a memory. At one point, I used an expression with him about, look, you can fire me, but you can't kill me. I articulated it somehow like that. I, you know, something like, look, you can fire me, but you can't kill me. And he just looked up at me and said, are you sure about that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that... Is fantastic. Very good. <laughs> that, you, you couldn't have done one any better than that. You couldn't have come with anything better. Um, Amy, thank you for joining us. As a woman in sports and a woman in sports who's relatively new to, to being a woman in sports, I feel that I learn a lot from you. So this has been really awesome and um, well, an been honor my for us. it pleasure.
1: Thank you for having me
0: on. Absolutely.
2: It's been great. Like, I, I told Tracy this, like, I want to be you.
0: <laughs> she did. Like
1: well, the, the, you know, what's that old saying? Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> is like, yeah, like, what does that dog do when he actually catches the, chop, the car? Be careful.
2: Yeah, it's just something that it's uh, it's been great to be a part of this, and I really look up to you in a lot of ways. So thank you so much for taking well, the time for us.
1: You.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, goodbye, everybody. Uh, Steph and I are going to give a Go Niners, and perhaps Amy and Steph, (laughs) would you guys like to give a Go Bears? Oh, I'll always give a
1: Go Bears in that way. Go Bears! (laughs) And uh, you know what? I'll let you guys do your Go Niners because I am not going to spend my privilege, my honor, my pleasure to be part of the Raider Nation for almost 30 years. So y'all go ahead and give your Go Niners!
0: Go Niners! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, goodbye everybody thanks for listening bye bye